And, and listen, Baptists are set in our ways too with uh, the way the church is structured a lot of times or with different things. We always need to keep in balance and make sure that we prioritize and we follow God's will as opposed to putting on a pedestal or making an idol out of traditions of church or traditions of men, traditions that the church uh, has followed. We need to make sure that we're always prioritizing the, the will of God and the ways of God over traditions. Well, we're going to find in the Gospel of John chapter 5 that there was a catch-22. And we're going to find in this story of Jesus healing a man that there were actually two different catch-22s. Uh, we're going to be introduced to a man that had struggled for 38 years. Some of you have been struggling with a problem or a dilemma for three months, three years. Maybe you can relate to this today and the time that this man struggled with his problem of 38 years. We live in a culture where if our problem doesn't go away instantly, <laughs> we live in a culture where everything has to be done immediately. And if we don't get an answer to the prayer immediately, then we're, we're ready to throw in the towel. We're ready to ra ra uh, throw in the white flag or raise the white flag. But we're going to meet a guy today who went through his struggle for 38 years. Now, don't get it twisted. He, he tried. He worked on it. He, he tried to get better. He tried to, to fix this problem that he had. But as I mentioned earlier, the catch-22 was between his problem that he had and getting to the solution of that problem. There was an obstacle. There was a hindrance. And so if you have your copy of God's Word there and you're ready, uh, would you stand in reverence of the reading of uh, John chapter 5, we're going to read verses 1 through 19, John chapter 5. The words will be up on the screen. After this, a Jewish festival took place, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. By the sheep gate in Jerusalem, there is a pool called Bethesda in Hebrew, which has five colonnades. Within these lay a large number of the sick, blind, lame and paralyzed waiting for the moving of the water because an angel would go down into the pool from time to time and stir up the water then the first one who got in after the water was stirred up recovered from whatever ailment he had one man was there who had been sick for 38 years turn to your neighbor and say that's a long time when Jesus saw him lying there and knew he had already been there a long time, he said to him, do you want to get well? It's an interesting question. Sir, the sick man answered, I don't have a man to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. But while I'm coming, someone goes down ahead of me. Get up. Jesus told him. Pick up your mat and walk. Instantly, the man got well, picked up his mat, and started to walk. Now, that day was the Sabbath. So the Jews said to the man who had been healed, this is the Sabbath. It's illegal for you to pick up your mat. He replied, the man who made me well told me, pick up your mat and walk. Who is this man who told you, pick up your mat and walk? They asked. But the man who was cured did not know who it was because Jesus 
had slipped away into the crowd that was there. After this, Jesus found him in the temple complex and said to him, See, you are well. Do not sin anymore so that something worse doesn't happen to you. The man went and reported to the Jews that it was Jesus who made him well. Therefore, the Jews began persecuting Jesus because he was doing these things on the Sabbath. But Jesus responded to them, My father is still working, and I am working also. This is why the Jews began trying all the more to kill him. Not only was he breaking the Sabbath, but he was even calling God his own father, making himself equal with God. Then Jesus replied, I assure you, the son is not able to do anything on his own, but only what he sees the father doing. For whatever the father does, the son also does these things in the same way. Let us pray. Most gracious Heavenly Father, you are in this place for your word says where two or more are gathered, there I am. And so with that, that should be a comfort and assurance to people that need to hear from you, that need a touch from you, that need a solution to a problem they face or a crisis they are going through. You are here to meet with them just as you met with that man that had struggled for 38 years. And so, God, speak to our hearts. Move in this place by the power of your Holy Spirit. Hide me behind that old rugged cross. And we'll be careful to give you all the praise, the honor, and the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. A man paralyzed for 38 years, laying at the pool of Bethesda. So anytime you see Beth in the, in the scripture, it's house. And Bethesda is house of mercy. And so that pool with the five colonnades that this man and others, because it tells me there was a crowd of people. Go back and look at it again. The crowd that was there that day, they all had a physical infirmity. They all had a physical need. And they would gather at this pool, this house of mercy pool, pool of Bethesda, sick, blind, lame, paralyzed. They would gather there and listen they believed by tradition. Isn't that interesting? They believed that by tradition that an angel would come down at a certain time and stir the water. And if you were one of those that was blind, if you were one of those that was disabled, and you were at the pool and you were able to get down into the water at the right time. You know, the world says timing is everything. If you were able to get down into that pool of Bethesda, at just the right moment when the angel was stirring the water, then and only then would you be healed. And boy, the people would wait with bated breath. The people would gather there at the pool, the blind, the lame, the crippled. And oh, they would wait, they would wait, they would wait. And when they would see a sign that the water was stirring, they would get down, they would rush into the pool. Well, this man can't get down into the pool on his own accord. He has to have friends. He has to have someone help him. And, and listen. As he's trying, as he's looking, as he's coming up with a strategy, other people would cut in front of him and get in that water at the right time. And they, and only they, would get the healing that he wanted so desperately. As he sat there day after day with this infirmity, with this affliction, 38 years this man struggled. Many of you can relate to that. You've had a long-term conflict, a long-term problem. 
This man struggled with this for 38 years. Think about the hopelessness. I'll never get in the water. I can't get down there. People cut me. Things happen. But day after day, he would try. Day after day, he'd get down there. And on this day, on this day, at just the right moment, something changes for him. Jesus asked him, because Jesus is there that day, and Jesus sees all the people. And, and I want you to think about that for a moment. Open your heart to receive this. There were a lot of people that had a physical need that day. There were a lot of people gathered at the pool of Bethesda that day. And Jesus chose this man to heal. Jesus chose this man, and according to this passage in the gospel, he was the one that was healed that day. There's a reason that he was chosen. There's a reason that Jesus encounters this man and, and begins with a strange question because it tells you, I'm going to start in verse 6, when Jesus saw him lying there and knew, Jesus saw him, knew who he was, knew the situation, because he's all-knowing. He thinks your problem's too big, too, too complicated. God is sovereign. He is over all of the circumstances that you face and over all the nuances and things that you have to get through. He's in control, and he is all-knowing. Don't miss this. He, he knows, but he's also all-powerful. He's all-powerful. He knew he had already been there a long time and said to them, said to that man, do you want to get well? Now that sounds like a strange question to ask somebody that's gathered at a healing pool that has been there day after day, that has struggled with this problem 38 years. Do you want to get well? It's a strange question. I mean, you and I would look at that and go, well, obviously he wants to be healed. Obviously, he wants to be made well. Why else would he go down there day after day? Why else would he attempt, try, strategize, and figure out, how am I going to get the water at the right moment? But watch the response of that man to a very direct question. It's like you, when you get asked a direct question, you don't answer the direct question. You come up with some other answer. Jesus asked him, do you want to get well? The sick man replied, sir, I don't have a man to put me into the pool. That's not what Jesus asked. <laughs> sir, I, I don't have anybody to help me get from where I'm at, suffering, crippled, disabled. I don't have a man that will pick me up and get me at just the right moment into the water. And while I'm crawling, he says, while I'm struggling, while I'm trying, someone cuts me in line and gets down there before me. Again, not what Jesus asked. That is not what Jesus asked him. Jesus didn't say, hey, why aren't you in the pool at the right time? Jesus did not ask him, hey, why don't you get in the water? Jesus said, do you want to be made well? Now think about that for a moment. This man is talking about methods versus miracles. He's talking about the method. He's talking about, I can't get in the water at the right time. That, that angel comes down, stirs the water, and I'll never be able to get down there at just the right moment because I don't have a man to carry me. And yet he has Jehovah Rapha, 
the God of all healing, standing there, having a conversation. They probably weren't social distancing. <laughs> having a conversation, and he's talking about methods versus a miracle. He's, he's explaining why I can't get in the water. It's not what I asked for. Jehovah Rapha, which means God of healing, is standing there talking to you, and he says, do you want to be made well? The correct response is, yes, I do. You betcha. <laughs> the proper response is, yes, sir. The proper response is, hallelujah. Mm -hmm. The proper response is, amen. You know, when we amen, we're literally saying, I agree. I agree with that. So be it. Jesus said, uh, this, this is so so interesting to me as this guy is giving all these ex excuses about getting cut in line. I don't have anybody to carry me. I can't get in the water at the right moment. Jesus says, and, and in my translation, it's pretty clear, okay? It, it's a little little direct. Some of you say, mm, you're a very direct person. Yeah, <laughs> I am. And uh, Jesus says, get up. <laughs> Do I need to remind you this man's disabled? Do I need to remind you that the current occupant of the White House one time was trying to honor a veteran that was a, a, a listen, I, I'm not making this up. It's not a joke. He was trying to honor a veteran that was literally an amputee, had no legs. And he says, get up, get up. We want to honor you. Stand, stand up. And the whole crowd goes, oh, cringe. Uh. And he goes, Oh, oh, I'm sorry. You can't get up. We'll get up for you. Everybody else stand up. And there's this guy, this double amputee that's given his life in military service. And you don't know in advance. And you're telling him to get up. Joe Biden, you ain't Jesus. You can't tell a double amputee to get up. But Jesus very directly says, get up. Get up. Pick up your mat. His mat was his bedroll. His mat, literally, because he was crippled, because he was disabled, it was his one little piece of comfort that would keep him off of hard ground. It was a bedroll, literally, that he would he would take, and, and somebody obviously placed him there because if he needed help getting in the water, he needed help getting to the pool last time I checked. And he says, Jesus says, get up, pick up your mat, and walk instantly it tells you instantly the man got well picked up his mat and started to walk now i'm going to ask you a question it's not a trick question eyes up here did he get in the pool but he was healed it, did he get in the pool at just the right moment when allegedly this angel came down and stirred the water and he had to be in the water at that right moment was he there when huh? well then how did he get healed the healer Method versus miracle. Some people get all caught up in methods, and you miss out on a miracle because you focus on the method. Jehovah Rapha is standing there, and he tells you, get up. You better get up. Get up. And I, and all he tells you, get up. I love this. He says, pick up your mat and walk. Jesus, being all-knowing, we've already covered that, being all-powerful, he healed the man instantly. But if he's all-knowing, then watch this. He knew the Pharisees would take note yeah. of a man on the Sabbath carrying his bedroll. Yeah. 
He knew that. That's what I like about Jesus. He didn't shy away from conflict when it was necessary. Did you hear what I just said? Amen, preacher, preach it. He didn't shy away from conflict when it was necessary. But he didn't like conflict. Jesus tells him, get up. Pick up your mat and walk. Did you know sometimes people are attached to their pain? Sometimes their pain becomes their identity. And they, they grow into that. And if their pain goes away, what would they ever have to talk about? My dad and I one time years ago had a conversation about nursing home conversations. When people go into the nursing home, all they want to talk about is their pain and their bowel movement. <laughs> what would some people ever talk about if they didn't have pain? <laughs> some people get attached. And I'm not trying to be tacky, but some people get attached to their problem, and it shapes and it forms their identity. And, and if they were to be healed, what, who would they be? This man, for 38 years, that shaped his identity. For 38 years, he was known as the crippled man who would lay by the pool. Sometimes people so identify with their problem or with their pain, it becomes their crutch. It becomes their security blanket. Have you ever tried helping someone and they didn't want your help? Because <laughs> they like their, their, their problem. They like their, their situation. They were, more, they were more in love with that than they were trying to get out of the pit, trying to get on the other side. They like the attention and they don't want to lose that. And if their problem is solved, who would they be? What would they be? What would they talk about? When Jesus told him, get up, I think he was telling him not only physically get up, but he was telling him spiritually get up. Get up and leave your self-pity. It's not accomplishing anything. Get up and quit wallowing in your own pity. Because you'll stay there as long as you wallow. But if you get up and get out, there's something to be said about moving past that. So he says, do you want to be made well? The man is immediately, instantly, is the word trans, best translated, instantaneously. Right there. Boom. Boom. He's healed. He stands up and he starts carrying that mat. Never got in the water, just as you agreed. He never got in the water. He wasn't at the water when the angel had just started. had nothing to do with that. It had to do with a miracle, the healer, the healer set him free. Now, the, the other catch-22, so the first catch-22 is do you love your problem and your pain more than you love the healing or the solution? That's a catch-22 for many people. The second catch-22 is the traditions. The traditions, the rules and regs of the Pharisees because the Pharisees were there, and they get mad because they see this man carrying a bedroll 
because that takes effort. That's, a bedroll does weigh something. And so as he's carrying on the Sabbath, they say, well, that breaks our tradition because you're not to work on the Sabbath, and he's working on the Sabbath. So let me get this straight, Pharisees. You would rather him lay there another day. You'd rather him lay there till sunset, and then because somehow it's no longer the Sabbath, now he can get up and walk. So you'd rather him just lay there. Now let me share something with you. If he had to be, <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> it's the Sabbath. I probably don't need to do any work yet. I think I'll just lay here. I think the healing would have instantaneously been taken away. Because part of the healing comes from part of the faith. Part of the healing comes because of his faith. Get up. Well, he got up. Take your mat. He took his mat. Walk. He walked. Do you know that this, think about this. The world was empty and dark. There was nothing. And God spoke it into existence and said, let there be light. And there was light. So this is the Son of God saying, get up. He spoke it into existence. He caused it to happen. And this man, by faith, I'm going to do what this guy tells me. In fact, he said that to the Pharisees. He said, the man who healed me said, get up and walk. I'm doing what the man told me. Well, who was it? I don't even know. I'm going to tell you something. I believe I'd have gotten the man's name that healed me. <laughs> Hello, somebody. I, I believe if I'd lay there for 38 years waiting for just the right moment, and then one day this rabbi come along, and all he said to me was, do you want to be made well? And I made up some lame excuse why I couldn't get in the water at just the right time. And that same man looked at me and said, get up. Walk. Carry your mat. I believe I said, what's your name? <laughs> do you have a card? I, I, I mean, I, I really want to know who you are. Nice to meet you. Look up, look up. I mean, I think I would want to know who this was that just told me to get up and walk. But he tells the parents, yeah, I don't know who it was. I just did what he told me. The traditions, unfortunately, in the Pharisees' mind, far outweigh the miracle. They said, you're not supposed to be walking. You're not supposed to be working. You're not supposed to be doing this work on the Sabbath. Wait a minute. You were healed today? Well, today's the Sabbath. So not only is this man violating the Sabbath by carrying a bedroll, but the, the bigger factor is whoever healed him broke the Sabbath. So they go and confront Jesus. The Pharisees are mad. The Pharisees put rules and regs above the move of God and above the Holy Spirit. And listen to me, listen, churches are no different. We sometimes focus on traditions rather than the ways of God. We sometimes get focused on policies and procedures rather than a move of God. And it's sad. These Pharisees confront Jesus. I love his response. It tells you that the, the uh, Jews began persecuting Jesus because he was doing these things on the Sabbath. But Jesus responded that my father is still working. My father is at work. My father is working. I am joining him where he is working, and we are accomplishing great and mighty things, more than you could ask or even imagine. He is able. He's doing all this. Jesus, you're, you're putting these rules and regulations and policies and methods above a move of God and someone receiving a miracle. And he goes on to tell him. He says, I assure you, the son is not able to do anything on his own. I'm not doing this on my own. I'm joining the Father where he's working, and I'm following the will of the Father, and I'm doing this. So here's what I want to end with today. 
Is your pain or your problem, has it become your security blanket? Your kiki, as Parker used to call it back in the day. His, his kiki. What did they call his kiki? He just, he just gave it up a year ago. And now, now we call her Caroline. <laughs> but he had this little blanket. I mean, little blanket from the time he was a baby in the crib. And that thing was so nasty and dirty. You could wash it, and it wouldn't look any better. It was wretched. I mean, it was just bad. But his kiki went with him. That thing went to Panama City Beach with us. That thing went on a cruise with us. That thing's been around the world. His kiki is your pain, is your problem, your security blanket. And are you scared to have a solution to your problem or to have a healing to your pain because you've kind of grown attached to Kiki? You've grown attached to this problem, this pain, and it shaped your identity. And Jesus is saying, get up. <coughs> Leave it. Get up and walk. Get up. Get out of this self-pity. Get out of this problem. If that's you today, you need to listen to God, and you need to follow Him. And the other, the other question I'm going to end with is, do you, maybe even subconsciously, do you put traditions and rules and regs, do you put those things above God, above God's Word, above God's ways? <coughs> Would you rather that man have just laid there because it was written in some Jewish Pharisee policy book, section 2, paragraph B, point A, would you literally have wanted him to just lay there another day after laying there for 38 years in an infirmity? You're so caught up in policies and rules and regulations, you wanted him to lay there another day until the Sabbath was over? That's pathetic. There's a lot of catch-22s in life. But I tell you what, when we study this and we look at it, it's really not a catch-22. It's really not a conflict for those that want to be healed for those that want to be saved, for those that want to be redeemed, for those that want to be changed. No conflict. Let's pray. Most gracious Heavenly Father, today, speak to our hearts. This is the time of the service that we call the invitation, and I pray if there's someone here that, Lord, has maybe been facing a struggle, a crisis, a